Hello everybody and welcome to episode 23 of the Simon Says Podcast. It's been a while, do apologise. Again, I always keep apologising but um, I've had a few things going on and I will delve into them in a couple of minutes. Uh, But what I want to do, this is a shout out to two people, well three people to be honest, uh, who I've been asking what's been going on uh phil craig and andy the listener who sent me a wonderful email this morning it's kind of made me think i need to get my ass into gear a little bit with this podcasting uh i can't just let it go on the wayside like i have been doing so you guys have cheered me up got me back in the mood and here we have again recording again so I'll give you a quick update of what's been going on over the last two months. Yes, I know it's been two months, but darts is going fantastic at the moment. I'm playing very well in the Super League. I played my last three games and won all three. Uh, the Thursday League, I've only lost one game in the last nine. I am now currently sat either third or fourth in the merits. I just won last night 5-0 for my second time this season. So I'm doing well, very well on a Thursday. I'm enjoying that quite a lot. Uh, Monday nights, darts is going just as well. Not 100% like I'm doing on Thursdays, but it's going well. I've won most of them again. I think I've lost... I don't, I don't think I've lost a game yet. Except for one, sorry. One, one against the Grapes. But um, we played the top of the league this week which we are top of the league. They are one point below us. We drew 3-3. Uh, I went on when we were 3-2 down and made it three apiece. So, and that was against one of their best players who... He played in Asia in the soft tip league for a, long, a few years ago and he played very, very well in that. So he's a very, very hard person to beat. And uh, I took my chances and I beat him. So darts is out the way. Uh, the thank yous to you three people are out the way. Uh, what this is going to be I said episode 23 but technically it's going to be episode 22.2 because this will be my roundup of the rest of my Florida trip which is going to be mainly Halloween Horror Nights uh, I did mention I will do a Galaxy Z1 separate but I'll probably just add this at the back end of there because with Rise of the Distance opening now, I've seen, I've looked at what's been happening, and I'll get into that in a couple of minutes. But what we'll do is we'll give you a rundown of my thoughts on Halloween Horror Nights this year. So, what I'll do is I'll go through it as the announcements came through rather than what houses I did, because I can't remember which ones I did when. But I'll give you a rundown of what I thought of each announcement and the house or scores or representative and then I'll give you a quick rundown of how I felt. So the first announcement was Stranger Things. Um good house, not as good as the year before. Probably a lot of people have said that. But you'll if you went in two thousand eighteen and you went back in twenty nineteen, yeah, it wasn't as good. I was expecting more season three, but we've got more season two. And a little bit of season three at the end. So, is it going to be back for twenty uh, for Halloween on the next thirty? We'll find out soon. Uh, next one was Nightingale's Blood Pit. 
Uh, I only went through this house once. No, sorry, twice. Twice, sorry. I went through with the Diz After Night guys and me and Julie, we went through ourselves. It's at the back of the park in a tent house, which is very, very claustrophobic and tight, which they usually always are. But, um, yeah, there was a few good scares. The Nightingales were not what I expected from 2020, uh, 2012, I think it was, when the Nightingales were back, or 2010. One or two years. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was... The Nightingales looked a little bit different. They looked more bird-like. Um, the gladiator theme around it was really, really good, actually. But the smell... Uh, the smell was disgusting. I'll say no more. It stunk. It stunk of blood, sweat. It was meh. It's horrible. But if you've been around that smell before, you understand what it is. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, the next announcement was Orlando, Orlando uh, Universal Monsters. And oh my word. I've mentioned this before I don't, on this podcast and other podcasts. The Universal Monsters films was ah fantastic. I've got the box set staring at me right now. You can, you can't see it. I'm, I'm pointing out as if you can see it, but yeah, uh, it's the it's right in front of me. The box the Blu-ray box set of all the films and they hit it to a T. The characters were spot on. The scurs were fantastic. The actual atmosphere, the the dress, the the settings were fantastic. Uh, it's hard to put it into words, but I know I said I was giving it. This was my number one house, plain and simple. It was fantastic. Well, I think we went through this house at least every time, every single night we went, which was I think it was nine, eight or nine times over the the run that we went. So yeah, Universal Monsters, hands down, my favourite house of twenty nine. Excuse me. <laughs> See, no, I say I apologize for but never mind. Then the next announcement was Depths of Fear. Uh, huge, huge disappointment. Uh, it was, I believe, it was on top of my hype list. It then sunk to second bottom. It was, it was not what I expected. The monsters were terrible. Uh, they weren't scary. They were just big and bulky. Uh, I believe by the end of the run, um, all the costumes bar two have been destroyed. And I think it was 17 or 18 costumes at the start. So just that just says it all. If the costumes have been destroyed and they haven't bothered to replace them, what's it say about the house? But it was the, the water effects for the house to make you feel like you're underwater were very good. But the scurs were just not the... The set pieces were average, if I say that. So, yeah, Depths of Fear wasn't my favourite, unfortunately, but um, that's what it was. Uh, On to the next announcement, which was Yeti Terror of the Yukon. Uh, This house was probably in the middle, if I remember correctly. Uh, It didn't wow me at first. It wasn't as cold. With it saying terrors of the Yukon, I'm expecting AC down to minus 20. It'd be freezing cold. It wasn't freezing cold. It was lukewarm-ish. It was colder than outside. But, saying that, I did have the... 
Well, it wasn't inside the house. It was actually outside the house because uh, this is one of the houses that we, me and Julie, did with the rest of the After Dark guys. Uh, it was Luke, Craig, Nick, Paul, Paul, Amanda. Yeah, everyone who was the, I think, Paul's wife and kids were with us as well. We all went through that house. Uh, but what happened after the house was we stood just outside of the exit for Jimmy Fallon and we just had a zombie stood there, stood behind Craig uh, and Nick just jumping out, scaring people as they're walking out the queue. We just stood, we were like a big barrier for the whole. <laughs> this one scare actually just kept going round. She offered Craig a foot to eat or did Craig take... No, Craig asked for a bite of a foot. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> but yeah, that was um, the highlight of that bit. But the house was, it was okay. It wasn't the best. Then the next announcement, which was... See, this is what I wanted. I wanted this one to be the, my number one house. Uh, it was Ghostbusters. And my mate Phil, who asked me what was going on with this, knows exactly how much of a Ghostbusters fan I am. I'm actually currently wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt. This was not planned, honestly. I, I put this on earlier on. But I've got my Ghostbusters t-shirt that I was wearing at Halloween Horror Nights on. And he knows how much of a Ghostbusters fan I am. And I love this house. This house was, from the start to finish, it felt like I was five-year-old again when I first watched it. It was... It was fantastic. There was, yes, there was some things that people are moaning about on Facebook and Twitter about, oh there was no there was no Ector 1 and uh, the, the sequence wasn't right, the, you know it, it, did you feel like a child when you went through the house, when you watched it, when you went through it, yes I did that's what I love, it brought me back to my childhood, I loved every single time I went through that house, I was like a, I was like a 5, 6 year old again what, what, where else can you feel like being scared and enjoying yourself and actually feel like a five six year old and still being happy you can't and this house did it for me it was fantastic it had to be number two unfortunately because universal monsters just just topped it but uh yeah universe uh ghostbusters fantastic house would love to see it back again but i very much doubt it um we'll see uh halloween horror nights 30 is coming up with the new ghostbusters film coming out Will we get it back again? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, the next announcement was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'm just having a coffee. It's okay. Um, I enjoyed the house. Uh, it wasn't anything fantastic. I know a lot of people were expecting it to be like Trick or Treat, where it was a scare zone into a house and going a bit crap. But I actually did prefer the house it did it's it did work i don't know how because the costumes were still big uh but it was like step by step going through the house and seeing clownzilla the big puppet at the end that did actually make it a little bit sweeter but no it wasn't it wasn't my favorite it wasn't my worst it was somewhere in the middle then the next announcement we got was us uh jordan jordan peele yeah, Jordan Peele's Us. The film was okay. Uh, the concept of the film was 
okay. The storyline of the film was okay. The house was pretty good. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't what I expected. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would have done. Um, I could see what they were trying to do. Uh, it was oh, it's a, see. I'm not going to say okay because it was actually pretty good. We've never had a bad run through. Uh, I believe a lot of people did. They had they missed a lot of the scares. They missed a lot of the because of cast changes. Uh, a lot of people were missing. And but we found that us was. It was a solid house. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. I would say it was probably fourth or fifth on my on my list out of all of them. Then, leading on to I don't know whether this is the last house. Nope, it wasn't the last house. It was two more houses. Uh, graveyard games. Now, here's where the controversy kicks in for me. I can't remember any of it. I'm sorry people, I know if you're listening to this and you're screaming down at your, your headset or your phones or whatever you're screaming at now, Graveyard Games to me was boring. I didn't see any of the haunts, I didn't see any of the scares. The truth be told about that house is I was going into the house annoyed. Uh, the posted wait time for the house was 45 minutes as I haven't I, I didn't haven't actually mentioned on this but I had the Russell fear with Express uh, so I did use my Express Pass and when I got to where the queue joined it took all about three minutes to get to where it joined that's fine that's what the Express does but then when you're waiting in a line for 30 minutes from the express line into the normal line and where it joins together and the normal line behind you had only like 10 people behind you what is the point of posting 45 minutes with an express that line was shocking it was absolutely terrible and i think that's what made me miss a lot of the house i was going in there pissed off to be honest because I've used my Express Pass when I didn't really need to use my Express Pass because it was posted 45 minutes but Express is supposed to shorten that but when the Express line and the normal line join within when you still got a 30 minute wait after that I'm like no that's not how Express works and unfortunately I was very very annoyed so all the what everyone's if you hear from other people that said on this podcast they're probably right I'm probably wrong but that house for me, the way it was dead up, I don't remember it. I don't remember. I've watched it. I've watched uh, walkthroughs of it. I've listened to other people's talking about it. Example: the people, other people on this network, they had it voted of one of their best houses. I don't remember any of it, and if I can't remember any of it, it mustn't have been that good for me. So, this is where the controversy kicks in. Graveyard games for me, ninth on the 10th on the list it was stone cold bottom i may have upset a few people with that but i don't care it's my podcast i don't yeah it was one of those it just didn't work for me and when it went i think <coughs> excuse me but because of that i only went through it once um just didn't feel the need to go through it again so unfortunately that was my experience of graveyard games 
then we get to the not so scare zones that were revealed <laughs> I'll just say it because they weren't scary at all we had Zombieland Double Tap yes it was Zombieland Double Tap but it was Zombieland it was original film with a bit of promo for the new film that was coming out that's all I can say about it uh, Rob Zombie Hillbilly Deluxe was the pawn scare zone of Halloween Horror Nights there were just tits and arse everywhere <laughs> with rock music behind it that, what more do you need say no more I'm going to leave it like that uh, an arcade I just didn't get it I just didn't get what it was about I understand it was supposed to be like the nip tuck version of Halloween Horror Nights where people had surgeries and a fashion show and people scurrying you I just, I, I, honestly I don't get what it was no no sorry that was Vanity Ball see I've, I've been out today for a few drinks so you probably um, I'm having a coffee well a decaf coffee to try and settle things up but no, that was Vanity Ball I was on about then not Anna Kay Vanity Ball was a nip to one um, an arcade was the 80s video game web um, scare zone between Shrek and Minions that's what it was it was just neon lights people on stilts with video game arcade stands around you and 80s music that's it no scares in it whatsoever people with chainsaws but the chainsaws were, had LED lights around them so how can you be scared of an LED light sorry just didn't work Vikings Undead uh, it seemed it seemed like it was a, a good scare zone problem was you had a show right at the side of it which every hour destroyed that scare zone if you walked through that scare zone when that show was going on you couldn't see anything you couldn't hear anything the scare actors didn't know what to do because it was just not not a very good scare zone when a certain show was going on but it was okay it was my favourite part of the of Universal Studios for the scare zones so it did okay then we have a show announced which was Academy of Villains Altered States truth is didn't see it didn't want to see it and I don't really care uh, <laughs> I know some, a lot of people said it was good and enjoyed it fine you're entitled to enjoy it if you like I just didn't want to watch it I've never watched any of the Academy of Villains I don't like dance troops I don't see the point of them to be honest and it's as simple as that so I'm not going to dwell on that too much uh, the final house announcement was Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses now this was a house I enjoyed the film with a lot of people hated the film but I actually did enjoy the film uh, it was a bit thingy with Sid just dying just before it it was like is this house suited for it to still be going but yeah the house was good it represented the film very well actually uh, I also believe it got uh, house of the year so well done to the scare actors and the crew in that house for getting scare, scare house of the year not scare house of the year it's house of the year 
but yeah, it was a good house. Uh, it was probably mid-table for me and my rankings. And then our last announcement we got was the PS de Resistance. My French is terrible, isn't it? Uh, Halloween. Hello. What the, what's it? What's it called? See, why? Why do I do this? Why do I turn it off when I'm watching it? Halloween Marathon Mayhem. Right. What can I say about this show? Go check out my YouTube channel. Uh, Simon and Julie on YouTube. I put the full video on there, and it's fantastic. I can just that's all I can say. I watch it at least once a month, maybe once every two weeks, two two to three weeks, maybe a month. It just it's so uplifting. The the the, the graphics are fantastic. The choreography of the fountains and the projection mapping at the back. I still get goosebumps when Stay Puff comes out. Go back to Ghostbusters again. But yeah, when Stay Puff walks out in the middle of it and you hear the siren for Ghostbusters going, then you've got the Stranger Things music being upbeat and I'll tell you what, I'm not going to mention anything else. I'll, I will try and put a link in the description for that my video that I put on. It's unedited. I've just recorded it from the beginning turn it off at the end and just put it out there that's it so if you want to watch it let me know what you think but that was a phenomenal phenomenal show and I really hope that comes back for Halloween Horror Nights 30 right let's move on to the next bit I've been going on for 21 minutes I'll get this up to 30 so I'll give you a, a bit of a rundown on Galaxy's Edge and my thoughts on that land that I was dreaming of since I was about 10. I loved it. I loved the land. The land was very, very immersive, but very, also very busy. It very, it felt, I'm going to steal some, another podcast words, it was very Star Warsy. It just felt like you was in the film. The, the setting and the build-up story that they'd done for Batu just fitted it everything perfect I give it to you when you walk through it from Grand Avenue which is where baseline tap house is if you're an alcoholic you know what I mean walking in that way with Rise of Resistance being closed when we went that area was empty and you're thinking is this it there's a couple of bins there's a couple of lights there's a couple of fans and then it just opens up into this this area and there's just nothing there there's a like, coke stand which was actually, was actually quite themed it was a, a fridge with a R2 unit on front of it selling coke obviously a person not the R2 unit selling it to you but then you walk through and then you had like a marketplace to your left and then you also had like more of an open area to your right so we went in first time going to the right we walked round and then it brings you to like the first order area where you've got a TIE fighter and a bit of a stage and a couple of photo ops which photo ops if you do get a chance get them done they're a bit different than normal um, one of them was a 360 camera so me and Julie stood next to each other held our arms up and you got a 360 view from 
the sense swivels and the other one was on a back wall where you just lined up behind this wall you looked at a camera in the distance you could see the camera but you looked in the distance and if you've got your photo pass it gives you a galaxy's edge um, like wallpaper with galaxy's edge coming across the screen and then zooms out from where the camera is to you and then zooms back out again uh, nice little video you get with it and um, that was a nice little photo op which then led you into where the bulk of everything is where the Millennium Falcon is the docking bay 77 and all like is it all cantina and all the marketplace is all in that side as as you walk round to the left the Falcon is a phenomenal piece of engineering it looks identical to this uh, the movie the screen the movie screen the the film film props that they use for it uh, obviously behind that you've got smugglers run the ride which I'll give you a rundown in a minute uh, we went to first time we went we went to Ron Rontal Rolsters is it and we had a Ronto wrap but it was a breakfast Ronto wrap uh, it was okay nothing special Julie enjoyed it more than me because it had a lot of mayonnaise in it and I'm not all over mayonnaise but yeah that was enjoyable then we went to the cantina which expensive the drinks are absolutely fantastic um, seeing Rex up there DJing away doing his little and then it was yeah uh, Rex seeing Rex again from seeing him on Star Tours in the early 2000s yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed it the drinks were expensive did feel like it was a bit too cramped because obviously they're getting as many people in there as they possibly can and that didn't sit well with me but it's what's going to happen it was opening year so it's going to be busy oh my god that coffee's gone cold well it's wet who cares uh, yeah then getting on we went to Docking Bay 77 the second time uh, we went and I had I cannot remember what I had but it was spicy as hell uh, did see a YouTuber he was um, I can't remember his name I've got him on me I've got, I'll, I'll, I'll follow him now but he mainly live streams from uh, Universal if I can find his thing I'll, I'll link it in his description but he mainly live streams when he does uh, goes to Disney and stuff like that and he was actually live streaming sat outside of us and what's freaked me out the most is probably got a, maybe a thousand thousand pounds worth of kit just sat there and he walked off to go and get a knife and fork I'm like you're a lot safer than me mate because I don't believe in that kind of equipment just lying around but we kept our eye on it for him um, gave him some napkins when he because he, he had the ribs Julie had the ribs that's it Julie had the ribs he had the ribs we gave him some of our spur napkins that we weren't using saved him having to get up again uh, but yeah the food in there is phenomenal the controversy that happened with that was changing the name for idiot people who can't read underneath what the name of the product is I'll tell you what people just please if you're listening to this and you're that kind of person who doesn't read everything and then just jump straight on Twitter or Facebook and moans fuck off don't 
please. You just it's, these are the people that you don't. They don't. I don't all get it. They, it had the name of what the product was, and then it had a description underneath, and then now they've had to change it to say this is what it is, and then put the name of that. Why? If you can't read and you don't want to read, and you don't. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm just yeah, fuck it. Just if you're listening and I've, I've upset you, I'm I'm sorry. Just just stop listening. Fair news. Um, but yeah, let's move on to Smuggler's Run. Uh, me and Julie got engineers for twice. Yes, I think yeah, I think we do it twice. Do it once or twice. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, got an engineer. Uh, and when I first went on it, I went in with Star Wars blinkers on, and I loved it. I completely really I loved every single second of it but then after the Star Wars blinkers faded away and I started to think about it I'm like I didn't see any of it I didn't see any of the ride I was too busy looking to the left of me pressing buttons because that's what the job of an engine the engineer is when a button lights up you press it like that. yeah sorry if that's a bit too loud but that's what you're doing you've got to be looking to your left because the panel is on the left hand side but the screen is in front of you so unless you can go goggle eyed and look one eye to the right and one eye to the left which I have got good provisional vision so I was seeing a little bit but I still had to take my eyes off the front of the cockpit but yeah it's, it's a very badly designed ride it, if you're an engineer or a gunner you're not watching where you're going. You can't see what's going on on that screen because you're too busy looking at the panel at the side of you. I think gunner's a little bit easier because it's just one button. You're just pressing one button all the time and you shout, they shout, gunner shoot, you shoot. So, if you can get the choice, uh, I believe, try and get the right-hand pilot. I believe the right-hand pilot is the one who puts you into hyperdrive. Which is, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. So, <coughs> when I go back this year to do Rise of the Resistance, and if I do get on Smuggler's Run, I will stand there and wait until I get pilot, because I don't want to do Engineer again. What's the point? You've done it once. Try and do something different. So, yeah, there you go, guys. That's my uh, rundown of Galaxy's Edge. So, yeah, guys, I'm going to change the format of this a little bit. I'm not going to give you one every week like I've been promising. I'm going to give you a episode when I feel I can give you an episode. And it's going to be not just me waffling on about darts, waffling on about what I've done at work and all this. Eh. I don't want to do that anymore. Um, I want to make this not into a... Thing. I want this to be in a, a, a memory bank for myself, but also an adventure for you guys. So, the next episode that's going to be out will be out shortly after this one. Because I'm currently going to be going on a trip in a couple of days. Uh, I'm not going to say where. A couple of people do know. So, if you do know, shh, don't tell me. Uh, because this one, I'm going to try and make it similar to my one when I went to Blackpool 
trip when I went to Blackpool Pleasure Beach. I think it was maybe episode three or four. So it might be a little bit in a different format than what you're used to. There'll be on-ride audio. See, I might just give it away though. There might be there'll be segments, should I say? There'll be se- segments of different things. There might be dialogue. There might be different audio. There could be I don't know. It'd be like a bit of a a, a vlog for your ears, if that makes sense. So, again, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, being very patient with me as well, because I know I do. I understand it's been a couple of uh, months. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Andy. I thank him again personally, and Andy, I really, really appreciate your email. I will answer your question. I'll tell you what. I'm not going to end it now. I'm going to answer your question now. Uh, let's see what you put. One of your questions, anyway. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give you all your questions. The one about not that one. I will. Yeah, I will answer this one. Um, you're saying about upgrading your annual pass for Disney or Universal, right? If you've got a 14-day, I can. This is definitely for Universal and Universal alone. I don't know how Disney works because I've never attempted to buy an annual pass for Disney. But to upgrade your annual pass, um. It's kind of changed since the last time I did it because we had this bit of controversy last year, which you probably heard. We, if you upgraded your annual pass on your final day before the 14 days were expiring, you never used to have to, your annual pass didn't start until you officially scanned your pass. Which technically would give you, if you was going in example, you're going in May this year, and you ended it at the end of May, your pass would not become active until you scanned it the following year or whenever. That's how it used to work, but now, unfortunately, it's a loophole. That loophole has now been closed, and what they do is if you upgrade your pass it gets backdated to the first day you used your ticket. So, if, example, you used yours on the 1st of May, your 14-day UK ticket, and on the 13th of May you went to customer service and say, can I upgrade this to an annual pass? Yes, you can, for round about 33 to $50, depending on which one you might want, or whatever the exchange rate might be at the time. And that will be then valid till the 30th of April the year after. Because they now backdate the annual pass to when the first ticket was scanned. It's a loophole of closed, unfortunately. It was a little trick we found out a few years ago, which I exploited with Julie's annual pass. But, um, yeah, if you want to upgrade it to a seasonal three-part pass... 
I believe it's between anything between 18 and 55 euro dollars depending on the exchange rate at the time if you are going back within the next 12 months yes upgrade it it's well worth it because then you don't have to pay 274 pound or 75 pound for another 14 day ticket for universal if you are staying off site i would recommend upgrading it to the preferred annual pass um because if you've upgraded to the preferred annual pass yes it may cost you 200 maybe 190 200 euro i keep saying euros dollars you get free parking you won't have to pay for parking again but i would recommend doing that on the first day you get there if you're example if you're staying off site and you're not staying on site upgrade it to the preferred pass when it was the first day you get there because then you won't have to pay for parking whenever you go for the foreseeable future for the first 12 months because i can give you a price now i've just upgraded i've just renewed my pass this year and i've just been given 15 months for the price of 12 and it's cost me in pounds 306 pounds to upgrade to renew my annual pass and i've got the three part preferred annual pass not the premier the preferred so that gives me uh, discounts on merchandise food uh, early entry into the parks and free parking i don't have to pay for parking whenever i go so yeah that's just a quick one to give you that if you want me to give you more of an insight personal one and they just shoot me another message i will uh gladly i'll give you a ring or send you by email i don't mind i can sort you through other things like that uh, other questions you've asked me i will do them on another podcast which i am very 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 proud of this and very happy to be part of this new this podcast i am now a co-host of the molando podcast with my fellow northerner craig yeah yeah right, craig uh good buddy of mine cracking guy you've heard him on the network before you've heard him on this podcast you've heard me mention him quite a few times yeah we have brought back Morlando. it's now going to be a trip report podcast mainly with up to a bit of information a bit of news about what's going on so um with that guys i'm gonna let you go i've kept you on for long enough i think you you guys are wonderful thank you for the messages thank you for listening thank you for downloading check me uh twitter simon says pod i think it is at, yeah at simon says pod uh, if you need to get in contact with me it's um simon says pod at gmail.com uh, have a look on facebook give us a thumbs up a like on the page it's um at simon pod and i tell you what guys i will see you very shortly not as long as this not as long as the last one but i will see you shortly take care guys see you soon this podcast is part of the after dark podcast network